Hello, welcome to Five Questions with Steve Moulter. That's me. Abigail Carew is a singer, songwriter, creator, explorer, and mother who lives in Nashville, Tennessee. I found her on Instagram around 2014, maybe 2015, and really appreciated her honest and authentic energy that she shared via the medium. I had wanted to connect with her for five questions after following her for a couple of years and finally had that chance when I visited Nashville this past summer. Abigail invited me to her house and we immediately started in on the unfiltered conversation that I love. We ended up talking for about an hour officially, then continued off the record for another hour. It felt like it could last for days if it wasn't for the outside world calling us to rejoin its ranks. We chatted about her recent leap into motherhood, the trials of heartbreak, and the shining good we both see in people. And she totally answered five questions. Meet Abigail. First question. In what ways do you hold yourself back? Um, that's a good one. I feel like perfectionism is one thing. How does that show up for you? Um... I constantly I think like just spending spending too much time on things. Um, I think that kind of like goes into like time management. <laughs> okay. um, but yeah, it's you know it's like it's, something has to be a certain way. Mm-hmm. I think that you know definitely having a baby like that is has en- enlightened a lot of things for mm-hmm. me. You know as far as like okay, well there's going to be dishes in the sink or there's going to be laundry in the dryer for a week, which never happens because I'm so OCD. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that that, you know, kind of takes up a lot of space, but, um, I'm learning to, to work through that for sure. So I can't, I I don't have kids. Mm -hmm. How has that transition affected your sort of quote unquote normal life? Oh my gosh. Like you talk about being oh OCD with the laundry and stuff. Like, <laughs> can you just talk about other ways that uh, that shows up? I mean, I have no idea. It's so crazy. Yeah. And it's you have so dogs. Crazy. So it's not yeah. like there's, you have taken care of lives before. Uh-huh. What's the difference? And plants. And too. plants. And, and plants. lovely My plants. jungle. Thank you. This is it, a monstera. Um, you know, I'm not sure. I, I should it, probably learn all the scientific names for I'll them just before. not take a picture of you in it <laughs> okay. and then we won't know and everyone Perfect. will think it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so like what other, you know, what's the biggest I don't know, not biggest, but like, tell me about that. Oh man. (laughs) Um, you know, it's funny. I sat in front of that window right there and I watched my mom leave and Vigo was a month old. Mm -hmm. I was terrified. Yeah. I was terrified. And I'm like normally the kind of person that I've got my, my stuff together and, um, profanity is that? Oh. I'm like, I, I say shit all the time. Shit. It's fine. <laughs> so I'm usually the kind of person that has my shit together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was, I was terrified and I think that for the first time I was, I was facing, I mean, obviously like a journey that I'd never been down before. Mm. Um, but like, oh my God, what am I going to do? I have a human being that I have to keep alive and I'm doing this by myself, you know, like I'm, you know, single mom and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I made that choice, but also I didn't realize what I was getting into. <laughs> wow. So how um, did that come up? Like, I don't know the situation, so yeah. whatever's comfortable for you, but um, you know, I mean, it's, how did you get here? Gosh, such a, such a crazy, crazy, crazy ride. Um, yeah. Daniel and I were kind of seeing each other, kind of not like we were friends mostly. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, I told him I would never commit, you know, it wasn't, wasn't my thing. I had been with women for the last, you know, 12 years of my life. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, we were, I mean, mostly like drinking buddies and like would hook up occasionally, yeah, you know? Yeah. And then, um, I got pregnant before I went to Thailand. So wow. yeah. And I found out two weeks into the trip and, um, anyway, it was like this crazy ride, you know, he was super excited about it and he was like, Hey, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like we, we got through it and the pregnancy was hard. Like we didn't hardly speak at all. And wow. there was like a lot of, uh, it was a very tumultuous relationship at that point. What, um, what brought that on? Why was it so tumultuous? Um, I think because we're two completely different people. He's very, um, he's great with work. He's a chef. He's, you know, mm-hmm. great with work. He runs a very tight ship at work, but, um, outside of work, he is, I, I, I don't know. It's like, he doesn't really know what he wants yet, you yeah, know? And sure. I mean, everybody has their own journey, you know? And like, I'm not saying that like I had the right one and you know, blah, 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 you know, but I've, you know, 
I've put in the work and mm. as far as communication, communication is everything to me, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, it just, it, that wasn't, wasn't lining up. And mm-hmm. I think that fear got the best of him, you know, I mean, I, I've heard that it's very different for men and people that I talked to along the way. Um, they would say, Oh, just, just wait until he holds the baby. Just wait until that, like he'll step up to the plate and, right. you know, um, and I was like, yeah, but what about now? Yeah, exactly. You know, he's not showing up now. Right. So that was tough, but, um, yeah, we got through it and, um, it kind of decided like, you know, the, uh, the first few weeks were pretty rough cause you know, trusting someone else with your child, you I know, imagine. yeah. So, um, but, I mean, he's, he's doing great and like we're friends and, That's you know, great. working it out and. Um, I think that lately we are, we've come to a point where there will be, there's, there's going to be a time where we both have people in our lives, right? Like significant others and whoever he decides to bring in and, you know, the person that, you know, that I'm currently, you know, seeing now, um, who kind of came out of nowhere, but wonderful. As they do. Super happy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so like there's going to be a point where we're going to have different people in our lives. And I told Daniel, I said, I I want to meet the person that you're with. You know, I want to have a relationship with them, not just like I'm the child's mother and, you know, you have to be this way, you know, but mm-hmm. like, hey, let's let's talk. Let's meet. Like, I want to know who you are, yeah. you know, because it's it's ultimately more love for Vigo, sure. you know, and more people to support him and more people to kind of push him to where he wants to go, yeah. you know, wherever he decides. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, so th- there's no reason why we can't have a friendship and can't, you know, like, yeah. yeah, we'll, we'll raise him and, you know, do the thing, but you'll be dad, I'll be mom and he'll probably have another mom, you know, yeah, and like, yeah. it'll be fine, you know, yeah. we'll figure it out. So that's amazing. I, yeah. I, you know, the, the commitment thing is such an interesting concept because I have my own issues with commitment and there it's kind of a dichotomy, I think, because I am a very much like a commitment guy. I'm like, mm-hmm. I want a girlfriend and I want a like relationship full of love and communication yeah. and real, you know, like real honesty and, and depth. Absolutely. And then when I get into it, I think it's natural for everyone, but there's this feel of like, wait, like this is too much, you know, like mm-hmm. I'm scared. Yeah. Right? Like she knows me too well now. And that's a fear. Right. And so I'm curious for you, like what your decision to like not commit, you said before, like you're not, mm-hmm committing and it wasn't yeah. just in this relationship it's in any relationship is yeah. that fair to say or no um I think that and this is like really diving and getting super honest yeah, that's, that's what um, we do. I'm like yeah <laughs> um I think that being being alone for nine months right I had a lot of time to think mm. you know I had a lot of time to to process and that was you know it, it was awesome to be alone like like for me you know emotionally and stuff because I didn't have a choice yeah you know, it was like I was kind of going through all of these changes and stuff by myself. But um, I, I realized during that time that um, when I got back to Nashville, the first time I was here, that was like my dark place that I was really struggling with is that I felt like I couldn't be who I was. Right. So like I I was kind of dating a guy when I was here before and I, I it messed me up in the head so much because I was like, wait a minute, I'm into women I have to be intoxicated to sleep with you. Like what, what is happening here? You know, oh, it's like, man. it was this awful, awful back and forth that I, that I went through. And, um, I don't know. So when I got back here, I felt like, oh, okay, so it's Nashville, it's South. I kind of, I feel like you have to date a guy. You have to be with a guy in order to, you know, to be not seen or like accepted, you know, mm. um, because I feel like like the gay community here, you know, or like LGBTQ is is not very prevalent. Hmm. Um, and I mean, at least that, that hasn't been my experience. Yeah, sure. Um, and so I didn't really know how to how to be, I guess. Yeah. Um, wow. So when I got back here, you know, like meeting Daniel and stuff. I mean, I've I've always been kind of like it's it's the human that I'm attracted to rather yeah. than like the gender and stuff. Um, but as far as commitment goes, you know, like I've always seen my my life like spending my life with, with a woman for sure. It's just like, I've connected emotionally and mentally with, with women more than I have with, with men. And, um, sex was kind of just sex, you mm-hmm. know, like I could, you know, be in it or I could not be in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
I mean, that's why with Daniel, I was like, I'm never like, I'm, I'm not going to commit to you, you know, like this, I'll be your friend and like, we can hang out and like, I'll help you through stuff and we can have fun and you know, whatever, but it's not gonna, I'm not going to, you know, yeah, commit like to partnership you. Yeah, in a romantic you know, sense or for whatever. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that with, with guys, like I never took it seriously, hmm. you know, it was never. Like with women, it was definitely like, okay, I need to be very cautious because I know myself and I mean, I've, I've kind of jumped into relationships in the past and, um, that kind of like commitment when I think about commitment, it's with the woman. Yeah. I gotcha. You know? So does that, yeah, absolutely. Like I feel for, for me, it's the same thing. Like I, like I said, like I'm a relationship guy, Mm -hmm. although I haven't been in my life. Like I, I'm currently in a relationship, which is the best one I've ever been in my mm-hmm. entire life. And so that's amazing because she, yeah. I feel like she sees me. I feel like she understands me and I feel like she's willing to be there when I'm not myself. Mm. You know what I mean? And that is huge because yeah. my biggest fear, trigger, whatever is not being heard. And she has been so good. (laughs) She has been so good at hearing me, um, despite the difficulty. She's a totally different person, right? We're all different people. Mm -hmm. Um, She uh, can get distracted a little bit, and I talk a fucking lot. Like this is what I this is what I know, right? (laughs) So like for for that, it's like it gets to a point for her where there's like overload Mm -hmm. and like cognitive overload, and that's a real thing. Like it's a scientific thing, and hers happens at a certain level. Um, that's sooner than mine, Mm -hmm. but she does her best to challenge herself to get through and listen and, and let me be heard. Um, and I honestly couldn't ask for anything more because that's that's it. So I feel you though. Like I, in my past, I've just jumped into relationships and been like, I'm just going to force it Mm -hmm. and it'll just work out. And they don't because you can't force, um, communication you can't force chemistry you have to let it come to you and sometimes it happens quickly Mm -hmm. and it's fine sometimes it takes a long time and it's okay Um, and not always right it just kind of depends on the situation absolutely so I hear you I feel like when I um after I had Vigo I was completely content I thought you know what it's it's gonna be a while before before I meet somebody you know and because obviously standards have changed, you know, the work that I've, the, the personal work that I've done over the last two years, which has really been like how I am now, it's, it's happened in the last two years. That's amazing. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I thought, okay, my standards are a lot higher. Like the, the possibility of meeting somebody who has done their work and can show up completely vulnerable and open and be like, Hey, I'm willing to work through anything. With yes. You. You know, like, cause growing pains, like, yeah, like you get to know somebody, but then like when the hard shit sets in, like that's whenever, okay, I really know who you are now. You know what I mean? So it's, it's hard to find somebody that already knows that about themselves. Yes. Um, But where was I going with that? But on the other, on the other end of that, um, when, when Sarah showed up, she and I had dated briefly a couple years ago uh, when I was here before actually. Mm. And during that time, like we both did the work, you know, individually. And so when, you know, I had Vigo and stuff and I was thinking, I'm going to be alone for a while, you know, it's totally fine. I can keep working on myself and Mm -hmm. whoever, you know, shows up, but I was manifesting that. Like I would walk through the neighborhood. That's my like meditation time. Yeah. Um, walking through and like calling, calling them forward, like calling forward mentors, calling forward a partner. And I would speak to to whoever it was. And I would say, I hope that you're out there doing the work just like I am. You know, I'm, I'm ready for you whenever, when, whenever you're ready, you know? So So. I want to know about the work. You talk about the meditation and like the walking meditation. I'm the same way. My dad Mm -hmm. calls them his daily constitutionals because he'll go walk Uh and just think and for like hours. Mm -hmm. And I had been doing that for a while and it was really helpful for me. And of course I haven't been. And of course the results Mm -hmm. are exactly what you would expect (laughs) is that I feel like I don't have a lot of time to to think, to, Mm -hmm. to do that work. But can you describe the work you're talking about? Like, I, I understand, I think. Yeah. Like, when you talk about doing the work, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, doing the work. But the yeah. work can mean different things. Like, what does it mean to you? Um, have you, are you familiar with Landmark? Uh, yeah, I am, actually. Okay. Have yeah. you, have you done it? No. Oh I've heard gosh. of it. My, uh, an ex of mine um, had friends in that 
yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's funny. I'm I'm always very like, have you have you heard about yeah. Mark? And some people are like, oh, the cult. Yeah, that's, I'm like, of course okay. that's that's the yeah, first yeah. thing. I mean, yeah. it's it seems like that, and like they are like very passionate. Yeah. I will say, you know, <laughs> yeah. like about trying to get you to come in and stuff. But um, it's because it's so transformative. Mm. Like the work there is absolutely. Like I've read all the books, I've yep. done the seminars, you know, but yeah. Landmark was really what like sent me over the edge. Nice. And into... what, like, what did that look like for you in your life? Like how did um, it manifest? Separating story from reality, mm. I guess, you know, like mm-hmm. what happens like as humans, we are meaning making machines, right? Like we, we make everything mean something. So like I can take this cup of tea and throw it on you and you're like, what a bitch, you know, and just kind of like make up a story, you know, rather than like, okay, that happened, you know, like there's an action and then there's, um, the story about what happened, you know? And so we just continuously, it's like this vicious cycle, you know, that, that we go through that it's just, it constantly, it's like what happened becomes a story and then the story becomes what happened. And then it's just, you know, kind of goes in a way. Um, but kind of going through that and um like with everything in life and saying okay that happened that person was they treated me that way because of what they went through you know or whatever the case may be you know Mm -hmm. um working through when I say talk about doing the work um sitting down and journaling you know getting it out and like getting real with yourself like I've got probably like five journals in my room that are just like packed full of stuff nice um now it's it's difficult to find the time to do that, you know, which sure. like I have to be multi-purpose in my, you know, usage of time, I guess, but time management, I guess. But yeah. um yeah, you know, it's just being honest with yourself and being honest with other people, you know. Yeah. And when I talk about doing the work, like shit, man, with, with Daniel and I, there was so much back and forth. I'm like, I need you to show up this way. This is what I'm asking you. This is what I, I need from you, yeah. you know? And he'd be just like, okay. Yeah. You know, and that, like, there wouldn't be any, it's like, like there, there was no never dialogue. any action, you know? And I'm like, but come on, like, dig and like, see yes. what, why are you afraid? You know, like, where that. does that fear come from? And, I feel that. Um, but that's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. And like that, that's part of a, a an interview I did recently where we talked about that exact same thing where it's like, I'm the type who's like, I'll dig into like what every meaning or where mm-hmm. it comes from or why, the why of why I feel this way about this thing. Mm-hmm. And that's what the person I was talking to was doing as well. The difference was that he was like, yeah, but you know what? Sometimes that's just busy work. Like sometimes that's just you thinking you're doing work, but you're not. Wow. And I was like, Ugh. <laughs> and he said that from experience and it wasn't to you know, be mean or anything, but it felt yeah. like, Oh, he's right. And, and I'm the type, I'm the same type. And I expect, I have to adjust my expectations for people in my life. Not everyone cares to do this type of stuff because they don't need to. Mm-hmm. And that's okay because they just go, yeah, this is it moving on. Yeah. And I'm like, but wait, you know, yeah. and that my girlfriend's like that where she's just like, I understand I have come to terms with it. It's done. And I'm like, but wait, can I talk about it for two more hours? You know? (laughs) Yeah. And she's like, sure, go ahead. If that's what helps you. Wow. And that's amazing. But she doesn't need to do that same deep dive every time. Mm -hmm. And I feel like then I become like a nag and I feel like I become, Oh, but you did, you looked at me funny. And like, I'm like, Oh God, like if I'm going down here, this is like what I've, I don't, that's not healthy. Mm -hmm. And it's not her. She's not doing anything. But I mean like that's it. (laughs) I wouldn't say that it's necessarily not healthy. Like that's just the way that you process things. That's the way that your your brain works, right? Um, to a point, yeah. Mm-hmm. But generally, like I think I might I mentioned before, like where she sees me for me, and mm-hmm. even when I'm not me, she still sees the me that I am. Do you know? Mm-hmm. Did that make any yeah. sense? You know, that me, the real me, doesn't need that. Doesn't need that validation. Doesn't mm-hmm. need that. Everything is perfect all the time. Mm-hmm. It's the insecure me that requires that Mm -hmm. it's the ego. Um, and I think the ego is a load of shit and I think my ego and I believe this for everyone, whether they do or not, that doesn't matter. But for me, I think everyone's ego is causing them so much strife and that's when, um, which actually kind of circles us back to the original question of like, (laughs) what holds you back? Like, Mm -hmm. how do you hold yourself back? And like, for me, it's the ego. Yeah. I let myself hold me back. My, you know, that like 
darkness that shadows yeah. off, you know? Yeah. That's, um, I mean, fear is definitely, you know, a big one too. I wrote, I wrote a song a couple years ago called fear is a liar. Mm. And, um, I mean, I really feel like that it holds us, it holds humans back from so much because we're afraid of what's going to happen. We're afraid of, you know, whether it's like, being in a relationship, you know, and like taking that risk and jumping in like, well, I'm, I, I don't know if you're going to be there or not. Like if I've got a buddy yeah. of mine that's going through some stuff right now and, um, they're on the, on the like outs, like there is a, and somebody cheated. Oh, I'll just bummer. say that. Yeah. yeah it was damn. terrible. But, um, yeah. yeah. So, but I'm like, okay, well, is he willing to, you know, to do the work and like to work through it? And she's like, well, I, I don't know, you know? Yeah. And it's like, he, he's like, well, are you going to be there? Like, are you going to be on the other end of it? Am I still going to have you if I do the work, you know? And I don't know. I just, whether it's that or, you know, shit, like with songwriting and releasing records, you know, like, mm. okay, is this going to be good enough? Yeah. Should I post this video? Is it, is it, is it good enough? Is my pitch right? Like, is my guitar playing right? You know? Yes. And I totally know. you hold yourself back from so much. And for, for what? It's just like for what other people think. Yeah. You know? Mm. So that's one of mine for sure. Oh, what do you see when you're staring back at me? Can you tell that I envy the night? Oh, So that leads me to my the second question. <laughs> just okay. we've only had one, so this is going to be good. What uh, I know, um, we like to talk. I love it. This is, <laughs> I love this stuff. Um, how do you cultivate authenticity in your life? Mm. Um, with myself or with people or however you, however interpretable this is, however you think it is. Um, I think one of my one of my secrets, I guess, um, and I don't know if you saw this post, but I, I was kind of, I guess, back in like October or something. I wrote down, I was having like a really shitty day or a shitty morning and I was, I was pregnant and I was like, you know, super fearful about stuff. And I just felt like kind of floaty and all over the place. And I sat down and I was like, you know what, write out a list of foundations, right? Like what, what am I rooted in? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, like reminders. And I wrote down, I'm strong. I am healthy. I am capable. I am guts and I'm glory. You know, like all the things that I believe about myself to be true. Not like I could be, or I want to be, but like, this is, this is who I feel I am. Hell yeah. Um, and yeah, I I wrote those down and that was like, a. I still have it. I have it framed. It's, nice. it's above Vigo's bed now. Um, but anytime that I would feel kind of like out of place or like not myself or kind of lost, I would get that and I'd look myself in the mirror and I would speak those things, Right on. you know? Um, and I feel like standing in that, like I tell my friends this all the time. I'm like, write down things that you are solid in, like yeah. that you have that strong foundation that no matter what shakes you, no matter where life pulls you in whatever direction, you can always come back to that. Like with meditation, they say you always have your breath, right? Absolutely. And which is so true. And it's funny because like when I get anxious, um, I, I don't breathe, you Mm -hmm. know, and like I have to like be super self-aware of like, okay, breathe, you know? So it's kind of in that same realm of like, you need a foundation to stand on, Mm. you know, like, what do you believe in? What do you stand on? Um, I think that that's definitely, that keeps me grounded. That keeps me, you know, like walking out the door and feeling like, okay, like, yeah, I'm, I'm clear headed. I'm, I have, I have a clear view of like who I am and I can go out and I can be authentic with people. Mm. And, you know, hopefully like that energy spreads into them and like they can feel it. And like, I'm an example, you know, like that light kind of like is surrounding me. And so I, you know, they can, they can kind of pick up on that and, you know, do the same for themselves. I love the idea of having that. So I went to 
tangent, but you're from Texas. And yeah. <laughs> this is sort of Texas related. I went to Arlington, Texas. I went to Ugh. Austin. Well, I went to Austin's Arlington. Better. Yeah, I went to Austin. <laughs> but from Austin, I went to Arlington to visit the Texas Rangers ballpark mm-hmm. because I'm a huge baseball fan. And I was there. I was like, I want to go see this park. So we went and we got to go like into the dugouts. And then like it was really cool. But as you go through the dugout on the home team side, the Texas side, there's, I think it was a horseshoe. I might be wrong. I'll have to double check, but there was a horseshoe. I'll just say above the dugout, right when you go into the dugout from under the stadium, and it said something that was affecting, like, like you know, you're awesome or whatever. And they all the players will go through and tap, 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 tap on their way out to the game. And like, I love that sentiment because it becomes you like, it's a mantra, right? And it's a breath. It it happens automatically. And the days that you don't feel it, it's there to remind you. And the days you do, it's cool. You just bam, good. And so it's like having that above your son's bed is so affecting because on a lot, 90% of the time, it's just going to blend into the scenery. But the 10%, when you need it, you go, fuck, oh my God, I remember those things. Mm -hmm. I remember why I wrote that down. And when he's older, he'll say, I remember why she wrote those down. I used to have um, my, I went through a pretty awful very very bad breakup um in 2017 and like that was the first time I'd really been broken like Mm. completely shattered Mm. and I mean I went through this like four day had like two bottles of whiskey and like it was a lot it was it was very bad yeah um but I I would I wrote down because like choose you choose you choose you like I have to I have to choose myself in this you know um, but I wrote down this, this list, um, like, what does that look like? You know, mm-hmm. what does choosing myself look like? Yeah. And I posted or I like put a little, wrote it on a piece of paper and I tacked it next to my bed. So when I got out of bed in the morning, it was the first thing that I saw Awesome. and I would make myself read it and really like sink, like let it sink in before I would get out of bed in the morning. Cause it was, you know, I didn't want to like wake up and have all my thoughts that I'm, you know, whatever sifting through. Um, but seeing that every single morning, like that, that set the tone for my day, you know? Uh-huh. And like, I, I wish everybody would do that. Cause yeah. I think it's such a great, you know, foot to, to start off on in the morning. So. How do you deal with loneliness? Ooh. Well, going back to that nine months that I was, you know, alone. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, I'm kind of a loner as it is. I love, I love my alone time. Um, I, I think I have, I have social anxiety. So okay. when I go out, you know, I like, I have to, I'm like, what am I going to talk about? What am I going to say? You know, like, how am I going to be in the presence of these people? This must've been brutal getting oh me over here. Oh my God, here. it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I, I, I love being alone. Yeah. Um, but loneliness is, is completely different, you know, like not having, and I'm, I'm the kind of person like I, I do, I do like my alone time, but I, I like to having, you know, people to share life with. Yeah. So like putting up, I put up these shelves and stuff the other day and I was like, man, I want to show somebody, but it was at like two o'clock in the morning. I'm like, shit, who am I going to, who am I going to text about this right now? You know, I'm like, okay, celebrate yourself. Yeah. yeah okay. You know? Um, but loneliness, I mean, that's a good one. I, I think that, I mean, I write about it a lot, you know, like that's when I'll like pick up my guitar. Or, okay. Music yeah, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll journal about it, but I, I usually turn inward. Yeah. Um, and I turn it into like, or like what I, what I did was, I I think that it's just more time for me to, to figure out more about myself and like Mm. where I need attention, you know, where I need or where I need to focus my attention, you know, like where I need more love, you know, um, insecurities like, okay, well what's underneath that? Or, um, I'm always in my head. (laughs) I overthink, I overanalyze everything, you know? So, um, why do you think that is? Like, I feel, I feel the same way about myself. My girlfriend <laughs> will say the same thing. I know so many people who are, you know, one of my best buds in LA, same mm-hmm. deal, always in our heads. Like, why is that? Is that normal? I feel like this is a thing that a lot of people. I don't think it is. I okay. mean, unless people just aren't, you know, vocal about it. Which I think is probably true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I feel the same way. Like I'm thinking about everything and a lot of times I can like get into the flow. 
and mm-hmm. that's good. And generally, it's with, around music. Mm-hmm. Like when I perform, it's like forget it. Especially if I'm rehearsed, I'm like I'm good. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to emotional choices, mm-hmm. that's when I definitely like, is this the right move? Is this going to be forever? Yeah. Good or bad? And what know. does forever mean? And why? And who am I? And what does this feel? And why does this feel this way? I mean, I think that there are definitely like tiers of, of, um, like how we like vibration, vibrational levels, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, there are people that are, they're more, I mean, I, like going back to the surface level stuff that I was talking about earlier, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. really diving in and diving deep, or mm-hmm. people that are just like, okay, this is life. Like I walk outside. What are my plans? Come back in, take a shower, go to work. You know, it's like yeah. there some people just kind of, okay, this is what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Right. And I, I, yeah. I don't know if it's like a creative thing or, or yeah. like creatives, you yeah, know, that yeah, like, totally. you know, think deeper and stuff. Um, there also might just be like, cause like it's, I think it's easy to be like, oh, those people don't know. Mm-hmm. Right. They don't get it. And I think that's unfair because I know a lot of people who don't really need to do that or don't want, they don't do that work and they're perfectly happy mm-hmm. and they're perfectly able to have a conversation like this. They just don't do it on the regular. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I try to, I always want to like see the other side because, you know, I feel with you the way I feel with a lot of my friends that we can just talk about anything and it's fantastic Mm -hmm. you know you just dig in and you understand you can empathize some people are just like dude who cares yeah and i don't like that's hippie shit i get that a lot (laughs) like that's such hippie shit like what no what's life (laughs) why else are we here gosh (laughs) the hippie shit's great yeah but i also think there's there's so there i think some people have that response i think other people are just like dude just do the thing you know you need to do you know, why spend an hour contemplating what you ultimately know you need to do? And I think that's fair. Like one of my best friends, we can have these conversations, but at the end of the day, like we'll have them to a point and then he'll be like, man, you know what has to be done. And here's what I think it is, or here's what I have to do because he does it too. He'll come to me and be like, I'm struggling with this thing and blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. And I'll be like, bro, I know you well enough. This is what I think. It's so much easier to speak into other people's lives, right? Of course. Like from a, you know, <laughs> like, hey, you know what? This is what you need to do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But then when it's me, I'm like, I'm what like, the what hell am I doing? Am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> That's why like I have certain friends that I know I can go to for certain types of advice or certain types. Absolutely. Right? And so yeah. like this friend, my best friend, Kay, like he, I'll call him when I know I'm going to get my ass kicked. I'm going to be like, I need to get my ass kicked. He's going to be like, all right, man, listen, here's the fucking deal. And I have another friend, my buddy Roly. um, who he'll he'll go there with me mm-hmm. and think really hard and be totally present and go, mm, why is that? And then he'll think really logically about it, mm-hmm. about the emotional stuff. Whereas I, I can't because it's mine. Yeah. And that really helps me. So there's, and then I have other friends who do different things, right? But it's like finding those people in your life that you know you can go to for certain types. How many, how many friends would you say that you have like, like that? Your, your core, your core group. I, you know, I can talk to anybody about anything. Mm-hmm. I'm very open. Um, people I genuinely trust and will go to first. I probably have like three. Yeah. Four. Yeah. Same. Yeah. I'm always curious, yeah. you know, um, cause I, I mean, I have like friends, acquaintances, yeah. you know, but people that know me to my core it's hard. and that I'm like, okay, I need you to call me out on my shit right now. Yeah, like, yeah, am, I, yeah. am I being crazy? You know? Yeah. Um, probably like three. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's. Yeah. And as long as you, it's reciprocal. I think that's the other thing is like, it's hard to be the one person going to someone all the time mm-hmm. without them coming back to you. At least for me, I love helping people. And I love having these types of conversations because I feel like based on my experience, which has been extensive with different things, I feel like I can contribute experiential data, mm-hmm. you know, and say, Hey, Oh wow. I've been in situations like this. Here's what it looked like. Here's what I did. And here's what I would do differently. Yeah. <laughs> um, that could be helpful. That might not be. Um, but it's also like, I don't want to be the guy just going and like bitching all the time and complaining or yeah, you all know, sad I, sack, you know? I, I think about that too. I'm like, am I complaining too I much? Know. I think you know? about that a lot. But I think it goes, right? We're like, I think about that all the time because we have these <laughs> over anal- analytical mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. You know, but um, I mean, it is, it is one thing, you know, like anytime that I'm complaining about something and I tell this to people all the time, but then when I try to practice it, I'm like, shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. what are you grateful for? 
you know, like if somebody's having a bad day, I'm like, Hey, tell me, tell me what you're grateful for. Like just three things, you know? So if I'm driving like pissed off in traffic, I'm like, I'm grateful that I have a nice car, you know? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So, um, so what are you grateful for right now? Three things go. Oh, I'm grateful for my health. Um, I'm grateful for the health of my son for sure. Um, he's also super cute. Thank you. He's pretty cool. He's pretty cool. Little dude. Um, I'm grateful for my home. Yeah. Um, my, my safe place. That's the, the cancer in me. I was telling my, my roommate last night, I was like, I can't, my home has to feel like organized and put together and a place where I feel safe, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm grateful for my home. Um, I'm like, let me give you a list. There's so yeah. many. I'm grateful for my family and for their health, um, for my friendship. My my best friend Jen is like my rock, awesome. man. Yeah, yeah, she's she's everything. Um, Sarah, my girlfriend, she's incredible, and like it's so crazy how that kind of came back around. I'm grateful for her and my mother, um, my job, my my dog. Oh man, are they both Who's your amazing? dogs? So Honey is is Tony's the little okay. corgi looking one, and Tony's and the your black roommate. One. Yeah. Okay. And then the black one is is my. Oh my god. Yeah, he's like love him. He's I I call boy one and boy two. <laughs> Kai's boy one because he was first, and you know obviously Vigo. So yeah, um, that's awesome. I'm grateful to be here. Like this is such a cool experience. Yeah, thanks. That's yeah. awesome. I appreciate cool. that. What are you grateful for? Oh, uh, I'll give you three. Okay. Because <laughs> I I don't have only no. three. I only have three. Um. <laughs> I'm grateful for my time here in Nashville. Uh, I, both my girlfriend and I, were a little like, how's it going to go? Right, We came down, we drove down from Boston, which mm. was like, holy shit. Was that 18 hours? Yeah, about, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've both like every day we're like, how was your day? Because she's in like workshops all day and I'm at home working mm-hmm. at, or at home, right, in the <laughs> Airbnb. And we get home and we're both like, Nashville's really cool. <laughs> like people are genuinely nice. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, so I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for her to be, like I said, like for to just be available to me mm-hmm. um, and to make space for my long-winded <laughs> dig di- deep dives. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm grateful for this for my podcast. You know, um, I'm grateful for the people who get it. Mm-hmm. Because having these conversations like you with you and, and others, it's just, I love talking. I love talking honestly. Mm-hmm. And I get to do that regularly. And that's a blessing for that's me. That's so cool. Yeah, it's amazing. I feel like with, with thank you for sharing that, Yeah. by the way. Sure. Um, with what you're doing, it's so important, you know, not just for people that, because I mean, if the, the kind of people that we are, you know, like we want more information, we want to mm-hmm. dive in, you mm-hmm. know, and like we're on this, this certain level, but for people that might not know, you know, that mm-hmm. might not have that awareness and mm-hmm. then to come across your podcast and be like, Oh, mm-hmm. Oh cool. That's what that's about. That's what that little thing in the back of my head's been saying. Totally. Yeah. You know, like yeah. you're reaching people that way. And I think that's, Thank you. that's so great. I hope so. I hope so. Um, it's, it's a humble little production and Mm -hmm. I do the best I can. And that's what it's all about. That's my goal from the beginning was to learn how to take pictures of people and not be scared about it and to learn learn their stories. That's so cool. That's when you, when you said that, I was like, wow, man, like way to jump in and like face your fears. (laughs) I have a tendency to do that. That's so cool. Yeah. I I didn't, but I went through, yeah, I, I appreciate the, the asking. I, so I've always been like um, a, a go-getter. Mm-hmm. I've always been someone who's like, yeah, let's just fucking do it. You know, mm-hmm. let's just do it. Let's just make music. Who cares? Let's just do stuff. Um, but there's, I get in my own way, like everyone does. Mm-hmm. And fear is always where it comes from. It's always me afraid of what people think or what I will look like or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I went through a period, uh, I went through a, a health scare in 2012. I actually am a stroke survivor. So I had, yeah. Whoa. Yeah, I had two strokes from the same injury. Um, and it's a long epic story, but, um, and I'll share it when we're finished recording, (laughs) but, um, the long and short of it is I tore an artery in my brain. I don't know how, uh, and it clotted over the course of a few days and then it, it caused me to have two strokes. So I lost vision more or less in both my eyes for a few days, 33 Oh it was 2012. Yeah, it was September 11th, 2012. What? Yeah. I'm 32. Oh my God, oh. don't worry, you're fine. <laughs> um, but 
I went through this period and it was obviously extremely frightening because I'm 33, perfectly healthy. Mm -hmm. And then bam, two strokes, brain damage. I lost vision. I, I, my vision has come back mostly. I have a small blind spot, but there was a, the second day in the hospital was like, you know, I was under the impression that the doctors weren't really sure what was going to happen. Um, and I faced my own mortality, like for real, like there was a point where the doctor said to me, he said, I don't know what's going on. And he said, and this is a quote, he said, this is bad. There is no room for error. Basically talking about if I was going to have a brain surgery. Verbatim said that? Yeah. He said, this is bad. There is no room for error. And I was like, well, fucking do the surgery then because like, don't fuck it up. Just, yeah, (laughs) just do it because I, I'd rather not have another stroke. It kind of sucks, you know? And my approach to the whole thing, which was a beautiful experience, was humor and lightness. And it was scary. But I was like, well, this is it. You know, whether I lived or died, it was just this is where I am. Mm-hmm. And so there's that sense of enlightenment with this is just it. There's mm-hmm. nothing to think about. And that's kind of what I was getting into before, where we look at other folks who are like not into it. They might just be at a different level of enlightenment. Mm-hmm that we think is, um, blindness. But I fe- I went through this experience with my strokes. It was like, I was, f- I emotionally went through like a couple hours of like, Oh fuck. Like I'm going to die. I wrote like goodbye notes to my family. Whoa, Cause like, I thought really? I was going to go into surgery yeah. and then I was going to die. That's what I thought. And so I was like, okay, well there you go. And so I said goodbye in my heart and it was, it was, um, it was a lot, especially when I like, oh God, yeah. I wrote, notes to everyone i wrote notes to my niece who was like just born like i would never have met her like all these yeah it's just fucking terrible (laughs) sorry Uh, um but like holy shit but what i learned was after they figured out what it was and they fixed me i didn't have to have surgery and hooray and like yay (laughs) what i learned was not this idea of like i went through that so now i'm gonna change my life Mm -hmm. it was i was already on the right path that just was like a attack. Like, mm-hmm. okay, yes. Because of all that work you had done prior, all this emotional turmoil that you had gone through and worked on, you were able to show up in that moment. Wow. And yeah. be calm. And I was. It's like you had all the tools that you needed to Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so then I was like, oh shit, now I'm gonna dig more into those tool, that tool set. And yeah. I did. And so leading to your question, see, I'm long winded, which was <laughs> But you have to have a backstory. Like I, love everything. Backstory. I get it. I get it's it. the best stuff. <laughs> so the next year, that was 2012 and 2013, I flew to Australia to visit a friend who was getting married. Mm-hmm. And then I went to Singapore to visit another buddy um, from grade school that I knew who lives there. So I like did this big trip. And that's when I was like, all right, I want to take pictures of people. I've been shooting stuff, travels and things and products and whatever, but I wasn't taking pictures of people. People are the best subject mm-hmm. because in an instant they'll change and you have to capture it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so to do that, I just was like, you know what? I'm just going to start meeting people because I meet people anyway. I'm just going to ask them to do five question interview Mm -hmm. and just it'll be question, answer, question, answer, question, answer. And then I'll take their picture to accompany it. And so I did. And then, as I said earlier, like it just turned into people being like conversations, right? So we weren't it wasn't just bullet 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 it was like conversations and then people were like why aren't you doing a podcast like I said my dad was in broadcasting for 35 years like I have a voice that I know kind of works what the hell am I doing why not and I was and why not was you you can guess why not I'll give you one guess why not fear fear 100 percent ding 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 (laughs) so I was afraid and then I was just like fuck it I'm gonna do it and so I did and the first couple productions weren't great production wise but who Mm -hmm. cares I don't care because no one start somewhere, man. You gotta start you somewhere. Know? So, yeah. yada yada yada. That's why I do it. That's why I'm here. That's incredible. Yeah, thanks. I love that so much. There's, I was just sitting here thinking about. Um, so there's this exercise in Landmark mm-hmm. that it's called the Being With exercise. Mm-hmm. I don't want to spoil it, but I'm gonna. Cool. Um, <laughs> sorry, sorry, Kay. <laughs> I mean, like you have to go through it to really get yeah, the of experience. We can but get the the light version. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Basically what they do, this isn't like the, so there's a landmark form, then there's the advanced course. This is like the, the second weekend that, that I went through and it's a Sunday night. So like you've already gone through everything and, but this was the most intense exercise I've ever been with. But I, I feel like that is the reason that I can sit here and, and do this mm-hmm. now, mm-hmm. um, and listen and like really be present with people. So 
you're in, sitting in rows and stuff, and so they, they get one row of people up and they go to the front of the room. And so you're looking at the crowd, right? And you make eye contact with just like a couple people, you know, like three seconds, ten seconds, whatever. Silence. And then they get another row of people up and they come and they stand about this close in front of you. So it's exactly, right? It's like, super uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm standing there and like there's this big guy that comes and stands in front of me and I'm like, shit, of course, <laughs> what is happening? So like my, my palms are sweaty right now just thinking about yeah. it. Like they get clammy. But so I'm, I'm sitting there and it's three minutes that you're standing there in front of this stranger that you don't know. You've never had a conversation with before. Yeah. And just, you have to make, like, keep eye contact with them. And so I'm, like, sweating, and I'm thinking, okay, why is he looking at my lips? What is he thinking about? And, and I've, like, am I being objectified right now? You know, and, like, all these things that, like, come up for me, mm. you know? And it's all, like, shit that I've been through in my life that make mm. me think what I'm thinking, you Your know? story. Yeah, yeah, you know? And, like, does he think I'm pretty? Does he, you know, what, what is he thinking about? Is he thinking about taking my clothes? You know, it's just like all of these, these weird, whatever. Right. But then as you kind of like loosen a little bit and you're, I'm looking at this guy, I'm like, God, man, like he feels pain too. What has he been through? You know? And like, does he, does his mom love him? Is his mom alive? You know, what was his relationship with his father? Like, does he have kids? Is he, is he a good dad? You know? And at the end of it, we were both, tears, mm-hmm. you know, just, just tears. And when I was leaving the parking lot that night, he came up to me and he was like, Hey, I just want to tell you like, that was super powerful. Mm. He was like, and I, I could feel like what you were feeling too. Yeah. And I walked away from that weekend thinking like, I can literally sit with anybody in this world and be face to face with them and connect with them. And like human to human, you know, it's like standing there the first couple of minutes, it's everything, everything is stripped away. So there's no gender, there's no race, there's no class, there's no any of that. It's just like, no man, you're human, I'm human. We both cry, we both feel, we're both insecure, we're both uncomfortable, you know, but like, we're also compassionate and we're loving and you know, it's Ugh, it, it was just the most amazing, amazing yeah. thing, you know, but like, I, that's why I love what, what you're doing, you know, to Thank be able you. to sit and connect with, with people and with, cause like all of our stories, you know, and things that we go through, like, that's how we learn. We share whenever we hear like other people's stories, like something in us grows, you know, or something in us heals. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And that's so. why I love having these conversations too, because it's like when I, when my friends seek me out for advice, I learn so much mm-hmm. about the shit that I'm not doing. Exactly. Because I'm like, whoa, I'm like, yeah, you, this, this, and this, and this is how it might look and the blah, blah, blah. And then I turn around, I'm like, oh my God, like that like, was just I, as I much go, for me. Gotta do my homework. <laughs> yeah, that was just as much for me. And so that's why like, I love when people seek me out because it gives me an opportunity to self-reflect mm-hmm. through their eyes, you know, through mm-hmm. their experience, their story and vice versa. So like often I'll just talk to people about stuff that I'm feeling, not because it's like a big deal, but just to try to like drum up some oh, maybe there's something I can learn from this, you Mm -hmm. know? And that's why these experiences are so beneficial for me because like I get to listen to this multiple times too. You know, I have the conversation. Then I go home and I edit it and I listen and I go, wow. And like, I I won't do it for a couple of weeks. And when I sit back, I'll be like, oh my God, that was so much fun. And like, wow, we talked about this one thing. And like, that was so important. I needed to hear that, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a cool process. I love that. I, you know, I feel like, and don't get me wrong, like, I can be sitting in traffic and be like, what the hell? Why aren't you using your blinker? Yeah, yeah. You know? We're not always like this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then I think about, you know, okay, like, what is their day like? You know, what, maybe, maybe they're rushing to the hospital, you know, maybe yeah. somebody just died or, you know, whatever. Maybe they got fired and they're pissed off. So I have to check myself yeah. a lot, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but we're all human. That's it. That's it. You know? Yeah. That's it. So, cool, man. What's a piece of art, music, literature, whatever, that you could, is like a touchstone for you that you go like, oh, what's your favorite record? Bam, that record or that book or whatever, you know, like a oh. piece of art that you feel like truly inspires you or has had a profound effect on your life. That's so hard. 
It is. I Sometimes know. I think I need to like sit and make a list of these things. So when people ask me these, like, what's your favorite record? I'm like, hold on, let me consult my list. I don't list. have a songwriter. What do you mean? <laughs> um, let me think. My buddy, I'm like, it's my my friend. Uh, are you familiar with David Ramirez? No. Oh, he's amazing. You I gotta will check be. him out. Yeah. Um, every literally every single thing that he writes just like speaks to my heart, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I he's he's been a favorite of mine for for a long time. I actually have just got one of his lyrics tattooed on my leg. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, that's so funny. I told him, and he was like, "Cool." <laughs> Kind, I guess. I still think we're no, no. Cool. He, he was super. He was super sweet yeah. about it. Um, yeah, any of his stuff. Okay. Um, like this. This says, "As the sun sets, the moon begins to rise." Mm. And the other half of that lyric is, "So even in the darkness, you'll find the light." Mm. And um, all of his stuff is like that. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So it just kind of it speaks to kind you of in shakes those moments. You. Yeah, you, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm really big on. I mean. Not just because I'm a songwriter, but because, you know, human and being, you know, deep in stuff like songwriting and lyrics. And um, I'm, I mean, I'm into art. I love to go to, to galleries and stuff. I wish the Nashville had more. That's mm. one thing I miss about L.A. Mm, yeah. For sure. L.A.'s got all um, of that. I don't know, man. That's like, that's so tough. There's so many. Oh, well, there's so many. I want to I derail from my derailment. Um, uh, you talk about, because you're a songwriter. Mm-hmm. How, like. I am not, I'm a songwriter, but I don't write lyrics. So okay. like, I don't like generally all my stuff's instrumental or mm-hmm. it's all instrumental. I mean, I've never done anything. That's not true, but nothing of value. <laughs> uh, hey, instrumental is value. No, 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 no. Sorry. I've never done anything of value with lyrics. Oh, gotcha. I, all my instrumental music is very valuable. Absolutely. You're I like, mean, I'm the shit. Yeah. Oh, well, there's a line, you <laughs> it's know. It's okay. It's all right. But the stuff we've done that I've done, I've done, I don't like 20 records or so that I feel like are an awesome touchstone for me i can look at them and be like that's the work i've done and i'm proud of that work mm-hmm. but when it comes to lyrics like i've always, i'm i write a lot i write essays i write a lot isn't the right term i used to write a lot of essays and and stories and things like that um like personal creative nonfiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, but i do write every night in a journal cool and i have since i was 16 what but it's very much like prose and like thoughts and poetry it's not this is what I did today. And it's also not long form at all. Mm -hmm. Um, Yada, yada, yada (laughs) lyrics. How do you, how do, how do you get inspired to write lyrics and how do you know when they're worth it for you to present? Because that's like something that I just don't get. And I write shit. I'm like, this is fucking stupid. This is stupid. Like uh, this is dumb. Remember that fear we were talking about earlier? No. (laughs) What's that? (laughs) Never heard of it. Um, Yeah. That's, sharing that's that's one thing um because i mean it's it's super vulnerable yeah you know because anytime that's what, that's what i was talking about you know kind of briefly earlier with with songwriting especially in this town you know um people are and, and i'm not like talking down upon them like at all but pushing out songs pushing out songs you know like let's get a number one let's write for this person let's pitch to this country artist you know mm. and um as much as I want to be that kind of person. And I, I, I definitely understand the strengthening the muscle, you know, like you have to practice and write, 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 you know, like you get better. Um, which I'm not great about because I'm again, the kind of person that if I'm feeling something, if I'm going through something, I'll pick up my guitar or I'll go sit at the piano, you know? Um, but I don't write every day. Right. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I think that, I have to check myself sometimes because I have like three people that, that I send, like that I, that I really appreciate their feedback and I'll write something. And it's always like, I'm notorious for, for writing a verse and a chorus and sending it. And they're like, finish the song. I'm like, but I can't just tell me if it's good enough to keep, you know, rather than like, no, this is, I really believe in this, you know? And, um, I think about, I'm 32, you know, I have like two songs that are out. Um, and it's, there have been a, a lot of, things that have happened over the years, um, to where I just haven't, I haven't made a record, you yeah. know? And like, it's something like I sit down and I'm like, well, shit, I don't have anything to show for, you know, for whatever. But now being where I am and, and doing the, the work that I have, like the internal work, I feel like that has made me a better songwriter because I'm a lot more honest, mm. um, with how I share and what I share. And, um, 
I feel like now, like I'm kind of in the works of, of finally making that record and I have the songs that, that I, that I want to put out to people. Whereas as before, like I was trying to fit myself into like a Mm -hmm. genre or, you know, but I wasn't being authentic. And so now I'm like, yeah, man, like this is me, this is my story. And like, I have those solid songs that I want to actually get out into the world. That's awesome. I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, sure. I mean, we're just talking here. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Questions um, or prompts at this point. I mean, it's tough to to decide what to share. Yeah. You know? Um, but like that, I posted that. I don't know if you saw it on my story the day. I was sitting right here and I was playing Vigo a song. And, I don't know. Oh, I don't think I'm I just did. so glad I got that on video. It was, cool. His reaction was insane. Awesome. Um, in, in the best way. Yeah. But I, w- I play that song and um, just one that I wrote, it was like my love song to the moon. Yeah. And I got like, I don't know, 27 messages and like 17 of which were like, did you write that song? Did you write that? When can, when are you making it up a yeah, record? When, you know? when is that going to be on Spotify? And so I was like, holy <laughs> shit, like, maybe I should do that. Yeah. Maybe, you know, and it's like, so... I mean, I just did that, you know, because it was a you know sweet moment to share. But I'm like, oh, people are listening. Like they they do they do want to hear my songs and they do yeah. want to hear you know this stuff. So that's that's I mean, called user experience design. Yeah, so look you, at that. Right? Hey. That's what UX is, right? You like put it out and be like, what do you think? And then people, you get feedback, and then from that feedback, you can like iterate on it, mm-hmm. right? And, yeah. And that's cool. Sometimes for me, I would never do that with music because music is 100% a representation of my emotional side. Mm-hmm. So no one's allowed to tell me what is right or wrong. Yeah. Except for the people I'm working with mm-hmm. on that music. Um, but I think it does apply in a certain sense, especially when you have like all these songs. And you can be like, you can just give teasers and then you can choose your track listing from that. You know, mm-hmm. if you have 15 songs, you're not going to put them all on a record necessarily. Yeah. Maybe I'm going to do 10. You can kind of get a vibe. I think that it's it's tough too because I do pay so much attention to, to lyrics, mm-hmm. you know, like Lori McKenna or mm-hmm. David, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I think about what my experience is like. Um, so like listening to music for me and hearing those songs, it's like, oh, someone understands. They hear me. Yeah. I feel seen, you know, or heard in in that, you know, like, oh my God, they get it. They get it. And I want to, I want to give that to people. You know, I want them to be like, oh man, like that one line, like that just, holy shit, that got me. Or I got it. I got it tattooed on my leg. Totally. You know? Yeah. Mm. Um, which I was thinking, I was like, I don't know how I'd feel if somebody said that to me, but I mean, whatever, it's your body, you know? Um, but it, it it's it's hard, like especially in this town, you know, people that I look up to, like my my buddy Ren is is an incredible songwriter, and I value his opinion so much. Mm. And um, I mean, he just spits out one liners, just like in conversation. I'm like, it's awesome. God, why didn't you give I, me that? I Come know. On. I feel the same way. You know. Um, <laughs> but you know, for for him, like I remember there was one song that I sent him, and I was very like kind of nervous about sending it to him because I, it, it's he's such an amazing songwriter. I was like, shit, I wonder if this is good enough, right? And he came back and I was saying, he'd be like, yeah, that's, that's great. You know, it sounds good. But he was like, man, that one line was like, really? Like, you think it's good? You know? Yeah. So, and when you get that, you're like, oh, yeah, there's a little, the validation from where it counts, mm-hmm. right? Not this like, like we talked earlier before we started recording about this like false validation mm-hmm. from the the world we live in now. Yeah. But that's real validation. Mm-hmm. That's someone whose, whose opinion you respect. You know, they're not going to be an asshole to you that you mm-hmm. know that they're trying to help you. And then there you go. It's like, I feel like when I get really excited about something, it's like, I feel like a little kid almost. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. you're proud of me? Like yeah. I did good? Yeah. Okay. That's you cool. know, it's, yeah. I don't know. It's like this childlike sense of, I don't know, like, okay, cool. Yeah. I guess that, that matters, you know? I don't know if that makes sense, but. Totally. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Sharing is tough, but you know, you got to do it. What will you miss the most when you're gone? Oh my gosh. Oh. Like leaving America gone or <laughs> I'm just kidding. That but seriously. <laughs> um That's really tough because like the the emotional side of me is like love and compassion and feeling that like feeling love from people, you know, whether it's like mm-hmm. a partner, or family, or, you know, um, 
that, but also like being out in nature, mm-hmm. man. I mean, that's, there's so many things that I, I haven't seen in so many places I haven't been yet. And I mean, I walk outside, I walk in the neighborhood or down at it's Shelby, which I don't know if you've been to Shelby yeah. park yet. It's beautiful. Um, but I'm just constantly in awe, you know, anytime that I need to reground, I, you know, I go out into the woods Yeah. and I feel like I would miss the oceans, you know, standing next to a, something so much bigger than me mm. and feeling like you're going to be okay. Cause this is very small you know, and there's so much bigger things out there. So, but yeah, just the beauty, you know, mountains and, and trees, oh, trees. I love trees. I'm so hippie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, I think, I don't know. That's a really good question. That's, that's super tough. Um, yeah, I would just say like the, the world that we live in, you know, nature, family, for sure. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, let me, let me count the, count the things. Well, you talked before about the things you are grateful for right now mm-hmm. and you gave a nice list and I can imagine those would apply Yeah, absolutely. as well. Yeah. Sure. But that idea of nature is, I like, uh, yeah. The idea of feeling small. Mm-hmm. Um, anonymity is something that I really appreciate. Mm-hmm. Uh, like moving to LA from Boston was awesome because no one knew who I was. Mm. And part of why I left Boston or Massachusetts more accurately was because I felt like the people in my life at the time weren't letting me change. Just that they saw me as who I was and wow. they couldn't see me any other way. And they weren't doing it intentionally, but I just think that's what it was. And I was like in my early 20s. So I moved to LA and started a whole new life the way I wanted. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I accidentally found a lot of things and kind of didn't have a lot of intentionality mm-hmm. at that time. But I became the person I am today. And then when I left L.A., um, coming going back to Boston of all places, <laughs> like I have become way more deliberate about my life. and And part of that is through travel. I've seen myself grow through the eyes of others going to places that make me feel really insignificant that make me feel completely anonymous Mm -hmm. and I think standing next to the ocean is a beautiful representation of that you know like that idea of just like none of this matters and that's good oh my gosh and there's do you know Ricky Gervais he's a comedian he's you know the office yeah so the original office is a UK production and he's the writer he's amazing he's a comedian in England but he's fantastic And there's one tweet that he sent years ago that he said, just remember everybody, um, we're all going to be dead soon and none of this is going to (laughs) matter. And that felt so good to hear. Yeah. Because it made me just go, wow, you know what? He's right. What's the point of overthinking, of digging in so deep that I can't see the sun? You know, what's the point? Why don't I just enjoy the little things that are Mm -hmm. in front of me? And I often come back to that as a breath, as a mantra like we talked about of I'm going to die sooner than I would probably like. And that's okay. Yeah. So what am I doing? Why am I here? Yeah. You know, and then I trying feel to like refocus. Death can be, you know, of course it's so weird. I was thinking about, I, I see things in, in movies in my head. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I was driving down Gallatin the other day. Mm-hmm. And like, I remember being there and thinking about this, but death is such a, it's a sad thing, but it's also a celebration, yeah. you know? Like my, the, my, the 20 year reunion or anniversary, I guess my dad died. I was, when oh, I was yeah. 12, was mm-hmm. a couple days later I saw on that, the yeah. ninth. Yeah. yeah. And, um, there were a couple people that were like, I'm so sorry for your loss. I hope you feel better in this time of mourning or something like that. And I, it like on one hand, I wanted to be like, I'm not mourning, right. you know, but I'll, thank you. I appreciate that. But mm. also like, that's a celebration, mm. you know, like, yeah, I miss him, but mm. I went I want people to celebrate, you know, like celebrate the life, mm. you know, death. It's like, it's not, it doesn't have to be so morose. Yes. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I know. Like, let it be. Hey man, I was here. I live my life. I went through some shit. Hopefully you're leaving behind a legacy or at least, you know, people learn stuff from you, you yeah. know, but I don't know. So, okay. Then this is actually the last question. Okay. 
Which ish. That, that was, yeah, we're, <laughs> ish, ish. we're ish phase now. <laughs> but when you, when you go, um, hopefully in a long, long time, mm. uh, what do you feel like people are going to say about you? What do you hope they say about you? Your son, what do you, what do you, let's just go there. What's Vigo going to say about his mom? Oh man, I'm going to cry. <laughs> um, I hope that, that he can say, or I want him to, I, n- I never felt more seen or heard by anybody else than how my mother saw me, how she accepted me. You know, I think that's so important. And that honestly, like that's humans, that's whether we admit to it or not, like that's ultimately at the root of everything that is what we what we want you know is to be seen and heard and yeah I mean that that is what I strive for with everybody that I come into contact with you know I want them to feel welcome and loved you know and appreciated and what you feel what you think how you feel it matters you know and yeah like we we we're all like in this little rat race together, but we all matter, you know, like there's not one person that's more important than the other, you know, like we're all equal. So yeah, thumbs up. (laughs) Thanks so much for tuning in. Check us out at fivequestions.me. You can find Abigail on Instagram at Abigail Carew. And thanks to Fina Charlson for editing this week's episode. See you next time. Take care.